0: Hi, it's Mike Crawford. Welcome to the Young Jerks Podcast. Tonight we're going to look at economic empowerment applicants, how they're faring in the city of Cambridge with an ordinance hearing that would give them exclusive access to the cannabis market in the city of Cambridge, Massachusetts for the next two years versus existing medical dispensaries that don't want that to happen. Tonight, we're going to open up with a reading uh, from Boston Globe reporter, Dan Adams, his latest tweets. Uh, He had a tweet storm about this. You should definitely check it out. It's at Dan underscore Adams 86 on Twitter. Just going to read some of the best excerpts from his uh, review of what happened today. And then we're going to play some audio from Grant Smith, who is a medical cannabis patient who testified today in Cambridge. Uh, for economic empowerment applicants. Uh, You're also going to hear from Chandra Batra, who is a Cambridge medical cannabis woman of color as well. She's got uh, an opinion about this, and she's someone who's actually helped uh, dispensers open in Cambridge, the city of Cambridge. And then we're going to close out with uh, Ed D'Souza, who's a small business owner who's speaking up for economic empowerment applicants as well uh so we're going to start off with dan adams this is what dan adams posted on his twitter today about this hearing and i will note that there will be upcoming hearings uh the city of uh cambridge the ordinance uh committee has decided to move the proposal forward for economic empowerment to give them two rights uh two years uh rights of you know exclusive that they'll be exclusive that is going to the city council it has passed uh there's also uh something in there that they could compromise for an amount of dollars from the dispensaries uh, to allow them in. So there's still some wiggle room for the dispensaries to uh, get their way on this. Uh, It remains to be seen it's really going to matter with the city council. The Cambridge City Council is going to decide this now. It's going to come to a vote and people definitely do need to uh, reach out to city council and show up and testify at this uh, upcoming hearing, Uh, make their voices heard on this. Uh, So I'm going to read from Dan Adams. Dan Adams today said, uh, this is what he wrote just one hour ago. Total civil war here in Cambridge, patient groups propped up by medical dispensaries and their employees are arguing for compromise that would allow dispensaries to open for recreational sales soon if they can collectively contribute $5 million to fund for economic empowerment applicants. Economic empowerment applicants not working with local RMDs and other advocates are urging city council to stick with the original idea of allowing only economic empowerment applicants, uh, the small local businesses for two years before the bigger dispensaries can go recreational. They insist delay is legal despite dispensary legal threats. Mass law says municipalities cannot prevent existing dispensaries from adding recreational component to business but doesn't say they have to do within a uh, do so within a pic- particular time frame. Likely comes down to whether the, the delay is unreasonably impractical. <laughs> whether the delay is unreasonable and, and impractical. Impractical. Well, excuse me. <laughs> Importantly, the uh, Cannabis Control Commission's guidance explicitly contemplates an exclusivity, uh, exclusivity period for e- economic empowerment and its guidance on local equity ordinances. So while the dispensaries say privately that this is settled law and that they'd easily trounce the city in a lawsuit, it may not be so clear cut. There's more, there's a lot more. It was obvious some attendees in patient shirts supporting the compromise were also dispensary employees and affiliates. Other established advocacy groups have frankly muddled, muddled, Their credibility by aligning themselves with dispensaries from which they appear to take donations. Not only do they appear to take donations, they advertise it on their website. (laughs) That's my uh, editorial on that. Dan's playing it safe because he's in the Boston Globe, but that's a pretty uh, it's a pretty telling comment. He is calling it out. Uh, Dan Adam also Dan Adams from the Globe also writes. It's probably time for me to point out that a lot of advocates. He puts that in a quotation marks, in mass are kind of for sale. Many take industry donations. Some will bring supporters to a company's hearings for money. Others are writing op-eds about delivery that were obviously place promoted by Ease. (laughs) So he's really calling it out, and that's what kind of happened today. Uh, In the end, the ordinance did pass against the uh, request of these medical cannabis activists. (laughs) Let me just say that I am a medical cannabis patient, and I do support uh, these economic empowerment applicants. I support uh, the city council, Quinton. I support what they're doing on this in Cambridge. I hope it does pass. Uh, if it doesn't pass, they better give a lot more money than they're even quoting now. Um, and you know, if not, just hold out as long as possible because this is not right. We need to let the little guy get in, and uh, the pushback. Well, what, what, you know, I did not get to attend this hearing today, but I saw from afar and I saw some things I did not like. And uh, using patience, number one, number two, when you're attacking Joe Gilmore with, with crappy literature that's dishonest, that's really low brow calling that out and what dan adams is calling out you know these folks take money from dispensaries and then use patients they've been doing this for a long time and people have noticed it today they they saw what what this is all about if you're actually a medical cannabis patient you're with economic empowerment if you know what you're talking about you're not uh about the big dispensaries come on give me a break um it's 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 so funny because uh We've been saying this for a long time and, and people have really started to notice this. I wanna say one thing too about taking money from Big Cannabis and taking industry donations. You know, for the most part, for years, we haven't. We've had some small sponsors here and there. It's never controlled our content. We're about actually about to uh, take on a much larger sponsorship uh, from Vera Life that we've been promoting and advertising. We are 100% transparent about everything we do. Uh, we don't hide anything, and we're not changing our content over, ever. And if people doubt that, they can see it by our, our actions and what we do. Uh, so I just want to note that, uh, because some people do take money, and they don't tell, and they don't tell how much it is, and they're representing advocacy groups and a bunch of patients, and we we have our voice, and I think people know that uh, we're the real deal on this as well. So I just want to note that uh, we're the Young Jerks, and right now we're going to, transition, we're going to put you on uh, to some folks that spoke today, two of them, Grant Smith and uh, also Ed D'Souza, as well as Shandra uh, Batra, who's a medical cannabis patient, a woman of color in Cambridge. Imagine this. She's she's like stuck in the middle of this whole thing. Uh, You're going to hear her words as well. Uh, Stick around. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, Grant, how you
2: doing? I'm doing all right, Mike. I had a fun afternoon down at Cambridge City Hall.
1: You must be tired, because I know you have a medical condition. and you go to bed early, and you've been out all day.
2: Yeah, I had a late coffee, but definitely took a lot out of me today. Uh, there were a lot of people at the hearing, and it was a very intense day for a lot of reasons. Why Why was it so intense, fellas? that they'd not be
1: aware of what happened today in Cambridge?
2: Oh, sure. So the Cambridge uh, City Council was holding an ordinance committee meeting in regards to an amendment uh, that has been proposed to a a zoning ordinance or a permitting ordinance uh, uh, about a month ago. And this amendment would have made Cambridge the first city or town in Massachusetts to give a priority period to economic empowerment and social equity applicants uh, when applying for a recreational uh, marijuana dispensary license. And one would think that's not very controversial, it seems like a very good idea to give that two-year period, but unfortunately uh, some medical dispensaries objected to that priority period and wanted uh, to extend that priority on an equal basis to dispensaries as well and so what we saw was um, today an amendment to the amendment was proposed where the uh, ordinance would have allowed for priority for both medical dispensaries and economic empowerment and social equity applicants however that there was a compromise of sorts. And the centuries were going to give $250,000 each over four years, for five years, uh, amounting to about $5 million to a sort of objective body, which would then allow economic empowerment applicants and social equity applicants to apply for funds to start up their businesses. And so this compromise amendment, some people really liked it. Uh, some people, like myself, and a few others like the MRCC and a few other uh, groups did not like it. Because, uh, for a few reasons, one, the, the $250,000 per year for the century was not a fixed percentage of income, and it a of flat fees, which those companies could make in a day or a weekend. And secondly, because, in reality, Cambridge should people and give that two-year priority period to social equity and economic empowerment applicants. And so that was the nature of today's hearing. There were some groups who were testifying in favor of both groups having priority, and then there were some groups testifying in favor of only the social... Uh, uh, yeah, and I was in the latter group.
1: And uh, it also seemed like it got... Uh a little bit out of hand with some of the literature that was handed out targeting uh, Joseph Gilmore. I think it's yeah. outrageous that I saw that, what, you know, was put out as for literature attacking him, of all people. Like, they should attack Mother Teresa next, is my opinion, from that. Like, uh, what do you have to say about that?
2: Yeah, no, so that kind of does follow naturally. Um, so they, they were, as I said you know, some different groups involved. And for the most part, it was peaceful and cordial. But someone, and I I have to give full disclosure here, that uh, multiple people denied responsibility for being behind this flyer. So I'm not going to attribute it to any group because nobody stepped up and said that it was theirs. But someone put a flyer on... uh, So at the Cambridge City Council, there's a table that contains uh, a sign-up sheet to the public along with uh, the the proposed uh, discussion for the day and any documents like amendments related to that. They put out hundreds of copies of uh, these different documents next to the sign-up sheet for public comment. And someone, an unknown body or person, uh, put next to those materials a stack of copies of of screenshots of Joe Gilmore's Facebook profile where he was uh, asking people to come to the event and I won't get into any more detail than that, because it's not necessary, mm-hmm. but to print something out like that, and to not put one's name on it, and to try to leave it next to public material and a sign-up sheet, it, it was really disgusting. And and was disgusting. A,
1: yeah, and I think it was a cheap shot, too, on top of it, because they took it out of context Facebook. He had a follow-up Facebook post to that to explain more of it. You know, they they, they were trying to make him look bad, and so it's like, they, it was, you know, it, did they're the ones who are doing the like, shady stuff. Like, we want to sell shady stuff. You're going to have to go for stuff that's not shady. It's like it's, it's ridiculous. It's no, it, then that's why I didn't in. want. I, I didn't want to even address what they. Uh, I know. About, I know. I get.
2: I, I don't feel like elevating it. I, I just think that it's morally repugnant.
1: Yeah. To hold their name on it, and uh, I hope they feel ashamed of it. I doubt it, but they should. They should be ashamed.
2: And don't think you know, for one second they're going to hear this conversation.
1: And you know, the thing of it is, too, I think a lot more people are realizing. I was just checking out a lot of social networks and uh, Boston Trees. It seems like people are finally hip because a lot of these dispensaries that have gone recreational have really cut back on their medical offers and the services that they are actually abandoning when they go recreational, which everyone believes. I mean, every, Anyone who's paying attention, you have to believe that they're going to abandon medical if they go, they go recreational. So, uh, what what city councilor, putting uh, uh, Zanderispan, uh, told me, he basically uh, told me that, you know, I'm buying them two more years of medical. <laughs> you know, I mean, isn't that your opinion? Do what do you think about like what the medical dispensaries are saying and. What the reality is
2: on that? Now, well, I'm an exclusive. My part of my testimony that I didn't get to say because I was having a kind pinch moment of sorts, and just kind of speaking to a broader issue. The one thing that I wanted to tell the city council was that the reality. If there's not, if the word would be perverse incentive, it doesn't mean perverted, it means kind of like reverse incentive. If there's not a reverse incentive for these medical dispensaries to keep existing, then they're just going to switch to rent and not serve patients at all. So therefore, that, exactly what you just said, and as Council Bondi and the have uh, noted, the best way to keep these medical dispensaries, dispensaries operating is to support them to stay medical. And beyond that, if they do have this two-year period and medical dispensaries close because they want to go make more money elsewhere, wait, let some new medical dispensaries come in who care about patients and aren't looking to co-locate, transfer to recreational and abandoned patients in the pursuit of their own profit.
1: Right, exactly. We want we, we want dispensaries that actually want to try to serve patients and make the program better. <sighs> Thank you, Grant, so much. If you had to say something, like, you know, to... I'm sure, maybe at least one, maybe two, three, who knows. City councilors, if they're listening, what would you recommend to them? What would your advice? You're a medical patient. You're not owned by dispensaries. You have a lot of knowledge on everything that's going on here. What would your advice to them be right now?
2: Well, first thing I want to say is Mike, coming to me, that means a lot, and I'm very grateful for this kind work. And what I would say to the city councilors is listen to the public testimony today. If you didn't get a chance to hear because so many people, I would say 20, 25, maybe even 30 people, stood up and explained why Cambridge should be bold and take this step to give the two-year priority period to social equity and economic empowerment applicants and beyond that. I think today was an opportunity for, for the conversation to diametrically change. That's how we think about the role of these conglomerated corporate medical dispensaries versus community-orientated businesses, such as those run by social equity and economic empowerment applicants. And it really brings the snakes out of the graph when you start seeing people make an argument that looks to undermine access to the market. For social equity and economic intolerance. If you find yourself arguing against inclusion for those groups, you have to really stop and think, what am I doing? And I hope some people do.
1: I hope so. I think some people do. I think some people did today. But I think others will not. So it's an interesting
2: <laughs> battle. Do you have anything else you want to leave us with? Up today? Uh, Noah, I'm very grateful. And what I will uh, leave you with is just a plug for the event that uh, MRCC and uh, my organization, Massachusetts Patients for Home Delivery, is going to be putting on on July 18th uh, in Boston. We're going to be putting on a, a public testimony workshop. So anyone interested in learning how to testify in front of the CCC, the legislature, or your city council, I'd love for you guys to come down to the event and uh, learn some strategies for effectively testifying and changing the conversation. Awesome. So that date again? July. It is July 18th, and uh, it's, it's Thursday. Good- it is Thursday night uh, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We're hosting it. There's going to be free feed available. Uh, we're going to have a lineup of speakers, and it's at 100 Gibson Street in Boston.
1: Awesome. Very nice.
2: I hope maybe you'll make an appearance, Mike. we love to have you there.
1: Yeah. You never know, I might. But I feel like I'm wasting time, wasting your efforts, because I can't get to the
2: CCC. I'm too busy. Well, I was going to say, you, you only get a few minutes off a week, so I'm
1: grateful you even yeah. attend to- <laughs> Yeah, today was out of control, I must say. <laughs> I'm beyond my limit. I don't even know how I got to third, day. but uh, thank you so much, Grant. Thank you for everything you do, and uh, thank you for speaking to us.
2: Thank you, Mike. I'll talk to you very soon.
3: I'm Chandra Batra and I'm half black and half Indian and I am I would have been a social equity client candidate if they had had the process more open which we were supposed to do for poor people and I'm also a poor patient who can't afford meds I am really horrified and disgusted by a family divided because you're divided over my black disabled body I can't follow one side of you and ignore the other half of me. You can't all own a half of me and you don't want to own all of me. You don't, neither side wants to give any poor person the right to their medicine. Neither side wants to acknowledge me as an activist. Neither side wants a people who want anything to do with me. I see the looks in their eyes and I know what the truth is. I am not welcome, not wanted because I'm poor and disabled, because I'm, because I'm a person of color and I'm a disabled patient. And I've had to put up with this since I was 19 years old and got fibro at the age of 19 and 1989. And there is nothing that can make this right. What we need right now in Massachusetts is leadership. What we need right now is the family to come together. We cannot do this to ourselves. We cannot let this happen. And I don't see any leadership coming from PCC, and I don't see any leadership coming from Mass Patients' Advocacy Alliance that act- that actively and effectively want to deal with the crisis, with the cannabis crisis that we have in the state. We have people wandering up and down at night because they don't have an, because they have no access to a medicine that they deeply need. That's right, I'm addressing the opioid crisis. We had junkies wandering the street who would be better served by having dispensaries that would honor them as patients than they would ever be served on rigging methadone or suboxone miles.
1: It's funny you mention that cause I brought that up today to one uh, of the dispensary had that called me this morning. We'll see. I mean, these are the conversations we're having, uh, and some of us are having. And I'm glad that you're speaking up, Chandra. You uh, you I, I was there at one point with the MTA on the MTAA side and we were all united, even though uh, you were at war with the MTA back then and I was on the MTAA side. Um, <laughs> which is funny. We all we all went and testified for Sierra Natural for Open in Cambridge. We're we're the people who actually helped that dispensary open in Cambridge. Uh, so, to have you speaking to us tonight as a patient, as a person of color, as a woman of color, for all the different things that you've worked on and people you speak up for, the homeless. I know that you, just walking around with you in Cambridge, it's amazing because you know everybody, you know all the homeless folks. I was homeless after my dad
3: died, and, I, and our family financial situation had, was this good when I was growing up. My father would have to alcoholic who drank himself to death. Sometimes I escaped to the street as a teenager because I had nowhere else to escape to. And those people are my dear family. And I've had the chance to see dear people I know die. There are people at a really horrible place called Barbara McGinnis House who are dying right now because they have no access to medicine. And doctors can't help them.
1: Now, the question in Cambridge right now seems like it stands. they're fighting over, you know, whether social equity gets the uh, to open first uh, for two years, shutting out the RMDs for just two years. Uh, those are the registered medical dispensaries right now. Um, or just letting like the RMDs open right away. Um, that's kind of the debate. And there's also a debate on whether they'll settle for money from the RMDs for the social equity Um city council is dealing with this they're trying to figure out what to do with two sides of people from the same kind of community like you said what would your suggestion to them be uh, if they're listening?
3: My suggestion to them right now is you all need to come back to the table we cannot have a family war over stupidity we need leadership and we need one united voice and I feel that people want to make I understand the rush for social equity because in a lot of states it wasn't Push through Washington, in question, does not have an equity program. There are, states, there are places in like California without equity programs. San Francisco has done a good job, actually. But there are places throughout the country where nobody's talking about the issue of serving those who are so disproportionately arrested. But it doesn't help to have the social equity client can, the candidates be people who have money it should be a true reflection of the whole and not just selected few and that's also happened in oakland and i don't want it to just to be black faces who have money i want the to add, i want cannabis to belong to everyone we need okay. to have we need to have some serious conversations with the ccc who are being badly run, seeing that chanel chanel title is the only person who actually cares about this, who cares about this industry and cares about patients. And, it, and it's just shocking that Canada's gotten this far that we've strayed so far from our true mist.
1: Can I add this truth Thanks, Ed, for speaking to us tonight.
4: Anytime, anytime.
1: And you were at this Cambridge. Uh, hearing today. I think it was an ordinance hearing. Why were you you, you there? You had a sign uh, and what happened? Tell us about it.
4: Yeah, so uh, Cambridge, you know, being the People's Republic, is doing something or propose something that every municipality in this state should be looking at. And what they wanted to do was delay r conversion to recreational for two years which would allow local equity applicants to get their businesses off the ground. And if anybody knows about the equity program in Massachusetts, it's been nothing but a nice sticker on top of your paper saying, hey, I'm an equity applicant. Nothing else has been done. So I learned about this pretty late, and uh, I decided I had to be there. I had to speak up. I'm not an equity applicant myself, but I fight for these people because these are the people that have been in the business for decades. They've been the ones sitting behind jail. They've been the ones that have been targeted by the war on drugs. And now because RMPs want to make more money entering the recreational market, they're fighting the ordinance that Cambridge looked They're claiming that if they're not able to convert over to recreational, patients will suffer and they've essentially pulled the wool over the eyes of patients. Uh, I don't want to name names, but I, you know what? They're handing out t-shirts saying "patient," And people are eating this up. And they're saying, oh, we're not going to get our medicine. We're not going to get this. We're not going to get that. My question is, if that's the case, how have these armies operated since 2016? Right
1: because yeah, that, yeah, that's that been brought up I, I, I don't know if you've been you know, I couldn't go to the Harry, so I'm just looking at social media to see what people are talking about and on reddit I noticed the Boston Trees for the first time MPAA and this whole thing it's taken a lot of heat and they're talking about uh, that a lot of these medical dispensaries since they have gone recreational have basically abandoned the patient they've noticed a difference they've noticed that the service isn't as good as it used to be Hey, so, they're hey,
4: revolting.
1: Let me ask you this. A lot of let people are you. revolting against what you, what, what some are buying into, but a lot of them are revolting. It's weird. Well, let me ask, ask you me. this.
4: Who is funding
1: the NBAA? Revolutionary Clinics. It's on their website, all the dispensaries.
4: There you go. There you go. So, if you have people that showed up today thinking they were in support of patients. That changed their mind when they listened to equity applicants get up there and say, listen, we're going to give you your medicine for cheaper. Not $15 a gram, $300 an ounce. We're going to give
1: it to you better and cheaper. And what if, did any of them take off their white t-shirts that they were given? Did they
2: ask for that?
1: What happened? I mean, that must have been amazing. That kind of, because I know that there must have been some sheep in there. What What, what did the sheep... I don't want to call people sheep. That's, that's harsh. But some people who were... Didn't know. Didn't have the information. And when they're presented with the information, like you just said, what, what did they... What did they do?
4: I So talking to people before testimony started, a lot of people thought I was against cannabis. Which I thought was great because it was a conversation starter. And they would argue that the same point that Nicole Snow and others made, that it's going to hurt the patient, so on and so forth. But as people started speaking, these same people with the patient's shirt stopped talking about the big r and They just started talking about patients. So essentially, their bulletin board material that the uh, organization wanted to get across was abandoned and the patient and actually applicants became the topic of the conversation.
1: Wow. Wow. But I'll, so, tell you, I'll tell you the funny thing, right?
4: So, you have the CEO of Breath Clinics giving me the most angry look that a person can humanly give another person. Get up there and say that he's small business, he's a local guy, never going to abandon the patient, but when, you know, I don't want to say, you know, somebody blurs out why we're paying $15 a gram, he doesn't bat an eye, doesn't say anything, but again, the dagger is from his eyes, like, if if he's going to punch me today, he would have punched me.
1: (laughs) Very funny, very interesting, Ed. So what happened? What happened was like, is, is there any results from Cambridge tonight? What was the final? Are they just going to continue it?
4: Um, I can't speak to that because honestly, I was asked to leave at a certain point. So um, why well, did you ask to leave.
1: leave? Who asked you to leave? What happened there?
4: Well, I was a little noisy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I don't like lying. I don't like bold face lies. You, know it? you did what I did in I I got mad too. I had to remove myself. I, I, I got
1: up and yelled at somebody too. go Same thing. I hate that. I hate that. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So so I just I you know there was a couple of uh, police officers standing by me and I got the point, all right,
4: I'll wait outside yeah. for the rest of our group to uh come out. So I didn't see what ended up, uh, ended up happening. Uh, my belief, though, is there was no settlement, no compromise. Um, the RMTs had their lawyers work with um, the council trying to get a compromise going. Saying they were going to offer uh, $250,000 a year for the next four years to go into a piggy bank for equity and applicants to cap off $5 million. Now, my I know for a fact, and I'm sure you do too. Two hundred fifty thousand dollars—that's a weekend worth of business for these guys. That is not a large sum. That's a drop in the bucket. In order to get in this industry, you're looking at spending between half a million or a million dollars. So, are you telling me this fund you're putting together is only going to help more people? Right? It's crazy. Very interesting.
1: If you if you had to uh if, if any city councilors would Cambridge, are listening, what would you recommend to them? What would you tell them now?
4: So I'm not against the expansion of the industry. I'm not against, you know, finding some sort of compromise. What I want is money to stay in Massachusetts, Cambridge money to stay in Cambridge, or municipal money to stay in the municipality. You look at the RMs in question. They've already sold themselves to out-of-country or out-of-state organizations. So when you have these people coming to you for community-host agreements, you should actually, you should actually be able to say, "Listen, if you're going to operate and do business in my municipality, keep the money here. Don't go sell off to the first big offer." Because think about it. What's attractive to a potential buyer? Uh, an RMP or a rec? With an RMP, you only have limited customers. With a rec, you can sell to anybody over 21. So, obviously, the portfolio looks a lot better to be able to serve both segments of the population. So, if you're listening and you happen to sit on the Standard City Council, remember this. If you want money in your municipality, make sure it stays there. You want to make sure that the black market or the original market is, you know, eradicated. Make sure people are going to get their meds, you know, at an affordable price. Right now, I know the young jerk did a nice piece on how the, uh, it's unaffordable to get your medication. Well, let's look at that. How much money does it actually take to cultivate cannabis? And what is the markup for the cannabis being sold today? It was one gentleman from the NDAA who got really defensive and said, Well, what about these dispensaries giving forty percent off for Memorial Day? My my response to that is if they can afford to give forty percent off on one day and still make a profit? Then what's their markup? How much money are they making the buy on one every day? day? This
1: is a problem I hate this crap. It's cool to offer one day 40% off and then the next day, regular price.
4: And it's
1: not even quality, match Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, 40% off, it's still not really a deal. Serious. Thank you, Ed. Hey,
4: David. Is- Listen, I mean, we're always fighting for each other. It's not just me. Uh, we had Grant Smith coming up there. We had uh, we we had a lot of people, a lot of people that I didn't even know were on our side speaking up today. And you just have to get up, get out, and get your voice heard.
1: Definitely. Um, there was also some flyers left uh, about Joe Fillmore, Did you see those? You
4: know what? That was a chair check, brother. It was. You know, you have dispensaries putting flyers out and handing them out basically saying, you want non-Cambridge residents speaking for Cambridge residents? Come on. This is our state. This is our industry. If we allow these big corps to run amok, we're never going to get control of it. So, you know, to be able to put out scare tactics and flyers and all that stuff, it goes to show that these r and are not trustworthy.
1: Yeah, you know, it was uh, especially the context of it too. I thought it was really, uh, they didn't show the full context of a comment, they were, they were screenshotting his comments on Facebook and uh, shows of equality. Mother effa, he like the best person. Like, if that's what you're doing, attacking that guy. Well, oh, well, why don't you watch your step, Mother Teresa? Next, to think you're doing like a stand job. Like, what are you doing?
4: You know what? I have my issues with MRCC. They have their issues with me. But we we should agree to disagree on those points. Joe Gilmore is a damn warrior. He's always there, speaking for. Me. He that have a he doesn't have a hat in the ring but he's fighting for people who have a, uh, who, who, are, who are trying to get into this industry. You go ahead and you attack him, you might as well go ahead and attack Mickey Martin, attack K.O.T. Attack a lot of people who stalked the crowd to get to where we are today. Yeah,
1: it's really just A young guy too, you know, a young person of color.
4: <laughs> I'll tell you what, with his experience, if he ever wanted to go ahead, and you know, cash show. Oh, yeah. Worked for uh Fit Marijuana. They would
3: hire him. Oh, oh yeah.
1: Would... I'm sure they cashed all the time. <laughs> I, wish you, I know that he got a call from the same big dispensary owner that called me this morning.